David. Connor. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. And good morning to all you lovely, lovely listeners at home, and welcome back to yet another episode of the podcast that we entitle humorously, sillily, David. Thanks, James. That's right. David, how goes it on this fine day, this Sunday evening that we're recording? The episode will go up a little late, but it's okay. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a very odd situation where we're replicating a Sunday morning in, in the Sunday evening, and it will not be going right. up on Sunday morning. It's very, there's a lot of layers to this. Right. Oh right. uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty good. Um, I've I've just been like really busy this week. Um, but I'm good now. Like I had like a bunch of midterms last week, and I, I went up to a friend's lake house over the weekend, and it made things kind of confusing with recording. Um, but these next few weeks, I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be more free, um, and available to actually like do stuff. But I've I've just been like so slammed. I've been like studying every day. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure yeah. all of our I'm sure all of our consistent listeners are very mad at you. Um, I know. Though, I know. I'm sorry. There are I'm more sorry. of them. There are I'm more of them than you expect. Podcast. There are more of them than you expect, though. So don't worry about that. There are people. There are some people who get mad at us. I'm sure. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that's pretty. Yeah, ex- how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I had a break recently, so I went. I went to Florida. I was chilling. Which was nice for a couple of days, and then came back. Florida. I had probably the most severe, the most severe, like, uh, I, I don't know the term, but like, getting depressed that I was leaving vacation. The most severe version of that that I've almost ever had. Like, leaving that, I was I was sitting in the airport, and I felt I felt nauseous because I really just didn't want to come back because I had nothing to look forward to back at school. Um, and I, had an, I literally had an exam like i was coming back on a tuesday i had an exam that coming thursday i had a, a paper i had to write a three plus page paper i had to write by friday and i'm just like this is like the worst like that's, there's nothing to the return worst. to um but i made it and now i've been back um it also doesn't help that like i ate a lot of food on vacation and the thing the big thing you gotta know about me being at school recently is that i've been cooking everything i cook all the time so it was so nice not having to cook, and I actually got my own food. People gave it to me. Like, I paid for it, and it was given to me. I was like, oh, my God. Like, is this how normal people do it? Like, instead of cooking your food and meal planning weeks in advance? Like, it was insane. Um, anyways, uh, that was the dream. But now we're back in reality. Um, and on the plane ride back from Florida, I watched this film. See, there you go. I made a segue. <laughs> um but yes uh this was my choice this was a film i picked and i wanted to pick this one because i it's all about the director it's roland emmerich he's like he's the guy who directed independence day he's directed stargate and moonfall and patriots day in 2012 all these disaster movies or big big explosion movies and I, I'm always fascinated with directors when they do, like, that one or two movies that just don't really align with what they usually do. Um, and Roland Emmerich has two pretty distinct, dis, uh, pretty distinct like, variations on his concepts. He's got Anonymous, which is a drama about Shakespeare, which I've seen and is actually pretty good. Um, and then there's this. And this was the only one I hadn't seen, and I'm like, this is a weird movie, and it doesn't really seem like something Roland Emmerich would do. 
and no one talks about it anymore. So I'm like, all right, well, we got to dive in. Like, I got to watch this, you know? Um, David, I, I think you said you hadn't heard of this one. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I had never heard of this movie before, but um, I was talking to Jake, uh, one of my roommates, um, like right, right, right before I watched, I was telling him that I, uh, I had to watch this movie and like I had never really heard of it before, and he was like, "Yeah, I've I've actually heard of this movie," um, and he was like, "Yeah, I remember back um, when like." I was watching, you know, movies as a kid, and, like, I had, like, the CD, and, like, you know, I, like, they had, like, trailers before um, you'd watch a movie, like, like, say you're watching, like, Prisoner of Azkaban, and it's had, like, they had trailers before your movie started, and, like, this was always a movie that they had um, a trailer for, and so, like, he, he said that he saw that trailer, like, a billion times, never actually watched the full movie, and I was like, mm, that actually sounds... Um, pretty pretty on par for the kind of movies that we like to do. See, exactly. Um, I, I picked a good one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I don't know. Staring at the the um, the cover for a little bit longer, I I kind of remember um, maybe seeing the cover of this movie at some point in my life. I probably have. Doesn't it kind of um, look like a sci-fi movie? Like a like one of those like yeah, sci-fi channel does. sci-fi channel movies? Like Yeah, kinda. It's something about like the uh, crappy CGI on the poster. It's like, wait, this um, I feel like this should be something I feel like it should be like a uh, saber tooth cat versus like you know, shark or something. Like it's right. a very sci-fi look to it. Yeah. Um and, and and honestly, the the cover of this movie is is like, it's very inaccurate for what the movie's about. Like, and they make you think it's about something else. Actually, some some way cooler than what this movie's actually about. Um, because it got you thinking like, oh man, dude fighting saber tooth tiger, and pyramids in the background. Oh man, they're gonna be fighting all the time. Yeah, it's mm. Oh. um, mm, okay. Let's talk about this movie. Um, so Connor, yeah, what's up? What's up, my guy? Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's all good. I was I was gonna lead up to that point too, so you can you can ask your question. It'll be the same same effect as what I would say. Oh no, I, I didn't have a question. I was like, Connor, take over. Sorry. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> well, I'll I'll give a couple of quick prefaces. So, uh. <laughs> I went on the Wikipedia page, and, like, the first sentence of the Wikipedia page, besides the introduction, is that uh, the film was a box office hit, but consistently regarded by professional critics as Emmerich's worst film, and as well as one of the worst films of 2008. So we got a pretty good pretty good start. Um, I think the funniest thing I want to note is that saying the worst film of Roland Emmerich's career is not a small feat, because this guy makes, like, professionally bad movies usually. So, like, you know, that's a very, it's not a small feat to say it's his worst film. Um, a couple other quick notes about the production, some fun facts. Uh, apparently the reason there's like no big actors in this film is because Emmerich decided that he wanted, (laughs) sorry, he wanted to, he he wanted to cast unknowns because he felt that it would, uh, casting well-known actors would quote, distract from the realistic feel of the prehistoric setting. And another quote from him is that if Jake Gyllenhaal turned up in the movie, everybody would be like, what's that? 
<laughs> which <laughs> I, I just i love that sentiment because it implies that like if he ha- like the fact that he didn't cast any big actors implies everybody's being like oh yeah so this is exactly how i imagine cavemen to be like as if like there's a realistic depiction of cavemen that you could like base it off of you know like there's some sort of reference that people would be like wait a minute this doesn't align you know like i just find it funny that that was like the one thing he insisted upon in terms of making it realistic um right so i'm reading a little bit about some of the production and it just kind of seems pretty standard for the most part um i guess some other notes is that the only reason i'm bringing this up is because i really really want to know what his thought process was going into this because my god this is the most generic film ever made like i feel like i feel like if you would i I made this my review on letterboxd but if you told aliens what a movie was and you hadn't ever you don't really like movies that much you told them what a movie would be like this is what they'd think a movie would be it's literally just stuff happening for the entire movie it's very not consequential everything feels very emotionless very hollow but it's stuff happening like it's it has a checklist of things that needed to happen and they did them like very 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 generic film uh david what do you think of the movie oh yeah i i completely agree it's it it i don't know it feels like it really has like no no life to it you know it it just feels like super like inorganic um like the story is just like it's it's cut and paste it's i don't know it it, it, it doesn't like like it's what you'd think like a movie about like 10,000 bc i don't know not even um it it somehow feels like a movie that you'd think 10,000 bc would be about at the same time like it doesn't at all um i remember like when, the first time I told Grant that I was uh, like watching this movie, um, he was like, and I, "Okay, I was telling you a description about it," and and he was like, um, "Apparently, uh, like people with blue eyes like didn't exist back in like 10,000 BC. Like it was like a, a genetic mutation that happened like 2,000 years later. Um, so uh, apparently." Uh, that's that's the most inaccurate thing about. This well, movie. I mean, that's why she was so noteworthy. It's like she was the only person with blue eyes. It was like on my, it was mind blowing. It was against nature, if you will. I guess, but actually, uh, I, I don't want to bring that up. Actually, I feel like this the content of the story is actually kind of weird. Like I know, like the general, like rescuing the res- rescuing the girl, saving the village. That's pretty standard. But it's all based around this, like, arranged marriage. And, like, I don't really know why they included the arranged marriage thing. Because, like, the entire movie, they treat it like, you know, she loves him so much. Which is fine. But, like, mm-hmm. why would you even include the arranged marriage part anyway? Like, it's such an odd inclusion. And doesn't really change much of anything in the story. So, I, yeah. I, I only... The only thing I could think of is that, like, they wanted to include it. Because Roland Emmerich thought it would be really cool to have an arranged marriage in his movie. Like, it's just such an <laughs> odd thing. Like... Um, I felt like it was a very inconsequential inclusion. Yeah, it, it, that was pretty whack. Cause like it seemed like they liked each other like from the get go. Yeah, like they, they had chemistry. They didn't need a arranged marriage to meet each other. Like I, I know it was such an odd inclusion. 
Um, but like the whole content of the movie is like, like I mentioned before, it's very standard. It's like the characters get the characters have a prophecy. They get uh, that something bad's gonna happen. That bad thing happens. The the village gets captured, and it's up to the main character to go save the village. Um, there really aren't that many twists involved. Um, really, the only twist I could think of is the pyramid thing, but that's <laughs> not. I don't know. It's not really like a. I don't know. I I felt like when I watched that reveal that there was pyramids that like they were, the bad guys were building a pyramid. My first thought was like it didn't click. Like it didn't. Nothing in that really felt noteworthy. It was just like, oh, this is a new scene. Like nothing about mm. that screamed interesting at all. I kind of just like saw it. My brain processed it like nothing happened. Um, I feel like that was supposed to be a big reveal. I don't really know. I don't really know. Um. Yeah. Connor, what do you think about like the like the characters and what do you think about it? What was his name? Dalal or I don't think really, Yeah, I don't think any of the characters are really characters. I mean, um, the closest thing I think to a character that I kind of enjoyed, or even I can't even really say that. I'm reading through these names right now, and I genuinely, I just don't. None of these click with me. I I can't even put a face to half of these. Like Tick Tick, I remember he was like the mentor guy, who was like the mm. he was like the, the the hunter dude who got mad at him all the time. He was probably the the goat from Leo the Lion. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, I don't know. He was very generic, but I think he's probably the most noteworthy character because I feel like he was the only one that like could have existed in a film with better written characters. You could have included <laughs> that. You could have included that character in, and nothing would have changed because it's okay to have like one one underwritten character, but everybody's underwritten. So <laughs> it's funny because I'm like I'm looking through the I literally I'm looking through these characters and like the only ones that truly make an impact on me are the old mother, the main two the tick tick guy and the the leader of the four legged demons guy who's who's like sniffing uh sniffing evelet like I, that's kind of it um i don't know like these characters like they were very stand-in characters to kind of serve the purpose of the story uh, the thing that bugs me is like you're you as a writer like roland emmerich wrote these characters and put them into his story and clearly he wanted to make this film. It's not like this is something that's in his wheelhouse. It's something he clearly had to go out of his way to make. So clearly, like, he wanted this to be made. But the characters are so generic. I just, they, they don't scream to me that they want it to be made. It's like he made characters to make the story happen, and that's it. So, like, I, I don't still get why you made the movie. Like, if your characters are going to be so generic that they're all standings, why'd you even bother making the characters at all? Like, I, what, like, what decision what thought process went into writing any of these characters like how, how you could have cut these characters nothing would have changed i don't know um yeah um yeah i i i, I agree um they, they didn't really seem to like it's just like dalal um being like a main character um he he seems very um like flawless like mm-hmm. I, I it seems like he doesn't really like go through like a a real struggle i mean like like sure in the beginning like he goes like the like the mental struggle of like 
you know, like feeling guilty and about not like killing the mammoth. Yeah. Um, and then, but like after that, like he's he's a real like stand up guy, you mm-hmm. know. Um, like like he like he. He saves the the saber tooth tiger or whatever, and like he he tries to like save his his mentor friend guy, um, and and he tries to like save like the other villages and stuff, um, and it, it never it really seems like he, uh, um, I don't know. I, I thought I thought at first like he was gonna be like this like this coward kind of guy. He has to like kind of like learn how to like be a hero or whatever but like it, it kind of seemed like he was always like that yeah he, um, he kind of like more than he more than made up for his mistake like right away so like, yeah he like he overcompensated for for what he did yeah and then by the time that like you know he's supposed to be like earning his earning his self and becoming a leader it's like haven't you been a leader like this entire time like yeah it doesn't feel like a win yeah. um, I, I know. it's like you can kind of like write off the one like like he, he can't can really call it wrong thing he did yeah it's, um, it's hardly even wrong it's more of a, like a cerebral thing because like he yeah. did ultimately kill the mammoth like yeah he, he broke away from the group but like first of all actually the, the bigger problem with that is that they I, mean, I don't did they ever mention the significance of holding the net like i feel like this this problem of him not holding the net only came up after he didn't do it you know like did they mention it before Wait. What do you mean? So like they talk about how hold the reason that he was he was uh feeling, you know, disgraced was because he let go of the net early and then that's what caused the net to not capture the elephant. Um because they were supposed to be like you're supposed to do it together and then whoever kills the mammoth right. is the one who does who wins. But like right. they he says that in that explanation to Evelette after he's let go of the net and was feeling bad. Did they ever mention that holding the the net was actually important before that point? I don't think so. That's what I thought. Like, it was a weird kind of, like, it's almost like that that roadblock came in, like, at that point, the instant he brought it up. It was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm disgraced. I shouldn't have done that. Like, it was very, uh, I don't know. It felt very sudden. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just a very odd point. <laughs> but what I will say, actually, I want to I wanna segue to something I like, because I do, I want to I wanna note that I don't actually hate this movie as much as I thought I would. Um, cause there's a couple of actually decent ideas in this film that I feel like don't go anywhere. Um, but they started out okay. Um, one of the biggest ones I want to point to is this idea of, there's this theme of, like, um, myth and, like, legend and how that kind of carries over from culture to culture. Like, you've got the, the, the myth and legend that kind of formulates the movie is the, the story of, um, of you know the the, the blue girl, blue-eyed girl coming and then eventually this evil force coming to take over the land and that kind of dictates how the the culture you know how the culture grows and how they react and how they like what their future is it's determined by this legend um and whether it's true or not it's kind of like what builds them and how they it formulates their culture and then there are a couple other cultures you meet throughout the movie who also have these large legends and it's almost like the legend that was part of one culture influences the other. Like, uh, the um, this story of, you know, this legend that the these four-legged people were going to come and destroy the, the land and stuff, and then there'd be this one hero that would come and rise above. That legend happening led to this legend of the guy who talks to the saber-toothed tiger, which influenced that group to work and, you know, and mold their future that way. 
all leading up to the villain, the, the final, like, the villain group who also had a legend that ultimately was determining, like, where what they were doing these with these pyramids and stuff. And all of them kind mm. of built into one another. So I like this idea that, like, um, that, that there's this level of, like, history and how the legends and the myths that are built within cultures are not only a part of how they grow as a culture, but ultimately how they interact with other cultures. And it's kind of like this interconnected web of spirituality, which I'm like, that's kind of cool. That being said, I think I thought about that more than the movie did because it's very scattered. Like you'll get one scene of that being a thing and then you'll go another 35 minutes without anything being mentioned with that kind of thing. Um, so I do think the movie almost did it by accident, or at the very least started doing it and then never finished it. Um, so the stuff like that. There are a couple other bits where like, there's some cool dialogue, um, some lines of like uh, there's a scene where uh, Tick Tick was talking to uh, was talking to Delay about his father. Um, I think the line was something along the lines of like um, there the the circle that you draw around yourself and how many people you let into it. I think that was a cool metaphor, and I think that might have been a more interesting plot point if they had developed it more. But the movie is not really interested in doing that, so it doesn't. So the point I'm trying to make is that there's, there are bits and pieces of this that are interesting, and I get what he was going for, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, not awful. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. The movie doesn't. The movie just feels like actually one of my one of my thoughts I had, and I, I want to. I'm interested in what you think of this, David. Is like. I, one of the things I thought this movie was going for, like, I'm watching this movie and, the, and I'm noticing these, like, huge grand moments and, you know, crazy action. And my thought is, like, do you think, do you think he wanted to win an Oscar with this? Like. The, the main character? No, 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 the, the whole movie. Like, do you think, do you think oh. Roland Emmerich wanted this movie to get Oscars? Yes. <laughs> I, I absolutely think he did. Um. I don't. I don't know. I. I think. Um, like, if you think about like the whole like, uh, like pyramid thing, mm-hmm. and like the 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 revolution that kind of just like went on, and like the uh, like the law, you know, like killing the 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 god king or whatever. Yeah. Um. It. It, it felt. It felt very. Uh, um. I don't know, like will of the people, you know, mm-hmm. um, some some to some to get the get people to rise up. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. it, I I feel like, I feel like he wanted to, um, like show like this movie is deep, but like there is no depth to it, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was it was it was very, it was very shallow, but like he was trying to like show that like. There's more than meets the eye, but there really was no more than meets the eye. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I feel like, like that's, that's kind of what I was getting. Like, it felt like a fraud kind of thing. Like, like I, I can I can tell that like you're trying to go for something bigger than you actually want, but like it, it's it's you're just not doing it. You know, like yeah. Um, I feel like the two best picture movies. This reminds me the most of. <laughs> Is, is movies like Braveheart and Gladiator. Like, I, I felt like a lot of the time when I was watching this movie, it felt like he was trying to do a Gladiator thing. Um, and I would have said this reminds me of Avatar if it hadn't come out the year before Avatar. Because, like, 
it feels like he's trying to create like one of those films like like you were saying that has this like deeper this deeper like context about humanity and like would be this like really impactful like you know uh, uprising movie that you know reinvigorates the human spirit kind of thing that's something like gladiator and braveheart were um but and like having it be set in 10,000 bc is like it adds like that distinct level to it like because people always talk about how like uh you know braveheart really braveheart reinvigorated the whole like approach to like scottish culture and everybody like loved scotland culture after that and gladiator had a very distinct sense of culture too so it's like i want to make like my oscar defining movie that helps me become like the guy who represents caveman times like he wanted that to be his legacy um and like i don't know like i don't mean to be mean but like that's such a like that the wrong approach for the guy who directed independence day like something about that like don't be more than you are and i understand the, the want to be that but like there is a there is an extent to which you kind of just look like a fraud the more you try to sell yourself as being something cooler than you are you know um it's just it was a little loony it was a bit loony um so that um yeah uh, so yeah. another funny thing another funny thing anyway i'm talking about the uh the, the 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 CGI real quick. Ooh yes, the CGI. There were some pretty good CGI moments. While you know this movie did come out in 08. Um, Bullshit. No money. Like, and that that was kind of the time when like CGI was like trying to get its footing and stuff. Um, and while you do have movies like Avatar, which like during the time i mean I would, i'd say avatar like even by today's standards looks pretty decent yeah avatar is a, well, avatar um, is kind of the exception because avatar is a remarkable film that kind of did yeah. something that no other film had ever done so i can't really compare that one to everything else that that is true um but iron man's but, iron man's an example you could use that one came out the same that is year. true that is true that is true um but iron man looks a lot better than Ten Thousand bc um in terms of the cgi mm-hmm. but oh my god like the cgi was so bad in this movie yeah, keep um, in mind this movie had a budget of 105 million dollars that is like not a that's not the budget you give to like a small budget film like he got the budget he would need to make something like this happen yeah um like i don't know like any scene with Sabretooth Tiger just looks so bad. And, mm-hmm. like, the backgrounds didn't look great. Like, you, oh, yeah. you could tell that, like, they were on a set. And, and like, ugh. I don't know. They weren't even actually there. Like, like in the snowy scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like do you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, Absolutely. Like, for, like, for movies like that, like, don't they usually like go on a set? Oh, like, like don't go, like like actually go to like a location to film? Well, they do. They they do. Like they did film. Uh, the production began. Oh, like, they didn't. Like it. It didn't look real. Like it looked like they were like like on a set and like they had like a green screen background. Like I guess it didn't look good. Like mm. I, I don't. I don't know. Like. Like, did, did you think it was a set? Or, like, do you think they actually, like, went on a location? Well, from the from what I'm reading here, 
they did go on set for a couple of places. They went. They filmed in southern New Zealand and South Africa. Um. So they definitely got some. Like, here's the thing. Here's my theory. So yes, I agree. There's a lot of very poorly done green screen bits in here, and I think what they did is that they filmed a lot of like smaller scenes in actual on set, like actual on in in an actual location. And then they, because this movie is so much CGI and so much computer type stuff going on in it, I think what they did is that they like interspliced the the footage that they got of like scenery and stuff, and just like CGI'd the characters onto it sometimes, like when they wanted to like you know in post to do add another scene or something. It, this movie has a very like. Uh, we a very meddled with kind of vibe in a lot of the scenes or it feels like they went back and futzed with stuff afterwards. Um, now, the, the, the Sabretooth Tiger thing in particular, there's actually a point here that I'm reading in the, on Wikipedia that says that like to cut the time, to like save time, uh, they removed 50% of the CGI's uh, hair. So like the models for the, for the mammoths and the, and the um, Sabretooth Tigers. They, like, removed 50% of the CGI hair because they claimed it looked the same. Which, to me, sounds like they made the CGI worse and then decided, like, lied to themselves and said it looks the same so they'd save time. <laughs> um, so that's I think that explains a lot of it, too. I think this movie this movie does have, like, a a very much... The, yeah, it's tw- it went 20 days longer than... The filming took 20 days longer than it needed to. Uh, 20 days longer than the planned time. So it sounds like at some point they were like, oh, crap, running out of time, start splicing stuff together. And the editing room went crazy. Um, just cutting corners. Right. Which, you know, <laughs> with $105 million, it's definitely a, a small amount. Like, you, you definitely you, you definitely need to cut some corners with such a small budget. Um, I want to talk about something real quickly. Um, so there's nothing really interesting about the CGI based uh, in terms of, like, the... Um, what went into it they're talking about like the models the mammoths are based on elephants and the saber tigers are based on tigers like wow 10 out of 10 good observation there um but uh, something i want to point out is apparently there's an alternate ending to the film uh the normal ending is you know i guess spoilers but you know the day is saved to go home live happily ever after um apparently um there's this alternate ending where um, the scene shifts forward many years into the future, so, uh, showing that um, the character of Baku, who's that character at the beginning who was telling the story, uh, was retelling the story. And there's a children, uh, a child who asks what happened to the uh, the mountain of the gods, and uh, they like the, talking about the um, the pyramid, and says it was taken by the sands, it was lost to time and lost to man, um, which that's that's all I include here. I just wanted to share that because that's such a very, it's such a, like, I don't really get the point. Like, I guess I get why they cut it, but, like, I kind of want to know, like, when when they were writing this, were, like, were you hoping that that was going to be, like, the clincher line and people were going to be like, oh, man, like, you showed them, like, like what was the intended goal with the idea? That line doesn't even make sense, like, lost to man. Like, yeah. Also, like, it's a pyramid, you can't lose it. Like, there's almost, like, a dramatic irony to it, because obviously if it's based on the Egyptian pyramids, which is, they don't imply it's not, um, they're trying to say that it's the Egyptian pyramids, then, like, it's just, like, a dramatic irony, where it's, like, you know, no one's ever gonna think about these dumb pyramids, and then, like, 10,000 years later, people are visiting them. 
but like right. I, I just don't know um the, the point i want to make is this movie is very silly um i hope i hope very sincerely that roland emmerich looks back on this film and he sees what he did and he goes man why didn't i get an oscar for that <laughs> um maybe maybe he maybe he pines for the day that he pines for the the universe where he left that final scene in maybe that was what got, would have gotten him an oscar i just don't know right um what else is fun about this movie um i thought i thought the the side characters of the other villages were very underutilized like they started introducing these other villages and all their cool little traits and stuff and it was just like hey guys let's all be an army and that was kind of the extent to which that happened um they're just like they're now an army they're all the same cultures cultural identity be damned i guess um what else is interesting david what else did you observe Um, um, e- uh, I don't know. Um, what would you think about the score? I don't, well, I was on an airplane, so I don't, I guess I didn't quite truly get a lot of score. Um, but I will note that. It sure did sound like a uh, sci-fi film, or actually, no, it's not, sorry, not sci-fi. It sounded like one of those. Uh, do you remember those like dinosaur, uh, like NBC or BBC shows? They show those animated dinosaurs, and it's like a like a David Attenborough like uh, nature thing. Um, yeah, it's like CGI dinosaurs. It kind of reminded me of that, or <laughs> maybe it just kind of looked like that. I don't know. Anytime I listen to, anytime I heard music, and that's kind of what I imagined. Um, Actually, that's kind of exactly what CGI looks like now that I think about it. Um, I don't know. I just I, sometimes I, I just think about that Sabretooth Tiger. Like, that Sabretooth Tiger shows up for, like, two scenes and doesn't do anything. Like, I was hoping he'd ride it, you know? I was hoping he'd, like, ride it into battle or something. But, like, all it does is it sh- he, he, he escapes with it. He lets it go free, and then he runs into it again. And, it like, it's, it's just a point to prove. Now, granted, if, the, if they had doubled down on that theme thing I was talking about before then maybe it would have more significance because obviously that's what kickstarts him being able to rise up. But like, since it doesn't do anything later on, I and since that theme is abandoned so quickly, I can only imagine like they just forgot they had a Sabretooth Tiger in the movie. Like, that's cool as hell. Why didn't you use it? Right. Yeah. That, that was very underutilized. It's on the cover of the movie. So you're going to think it's like a big part of the movie, but it's not. And do you think, like, do you think they debated putting the mammoth on, but they felt like the Sabretooth Tiger just got the more clicks, I guess? Like, do you, yeah, do you think know. if they'd put the mammoth on, this movie would have made, like, $10 at the box office? Like, <laughs> was the mammoth really the really a deal breaker? Uh, I, I guess so. I guess so. I guess, I guess it's better than putting the, the giant chickens on it, you know, like the, the big birds that kill people in the grass. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, we can transition over. We can transition over to some questions, but I do want to mention that, uh, unlike a lot of the films on that we talk about on the show, um, this movie was actually a box office hit. Um, it made one hundred and five million, or it had a budget of one hundred and five million dollars, and it made two hundred and sixty nine million dollars, so double its budget. And its DVD sales were really good too. Um, apparently, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, the film grossed thirty one million in DVD sales, so it ended up grossing three hundred million dollars which is 
actually pretty good. Like, it made made bank. Um, so congratulations, I suppose. Um, anyways, let's transition. Yeah. Let's transition over to a couple of quick questions. Um, how did David? How do you think this compares to the films we've watched up to this point? Um, what's which film have we watched is it closest to in quality? Um. Now, now it'd be useful to have a, a list. Um, well, I've got a, I've got a tag on Letterbox. If you go to my tags, and you go to like my the films, uh, I have a WTSYTA tag, and that's all the films on it. So you just click yeah, that I tag. know about the tag. I just don't have Letterbox right now. You so. deleted the app. Yes, I deleted the app. Why? No. Was it getting? Was it like? Was it like getting in your way? Like, not really. I don't know why I deleted it. But... Here's what I'll do then. I'll send. I'll like share my list to your phone, and you can like see it via the website. Um, or I don't actually. Can you do that? Actually, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, I'll try. No, I think I think I can. I think if you send it to me. Um... Oh, because it's not a list. I, I, I forgot. I it's not it. a list. All right. Here's what I will do. I'm gonna send you some screenshots. Checkmate, loser. Haha. I can't send a link because it's not a list. It's just a tag. Um, but here's all the movies we've done. Um, I will say if I had to throw a random thought, a random hat into the ring right now in terms of which movie it's closest in quality to, it really does like it really does remind me of like I know I use this explanation quite a lot, but it reminds me a lot of like the darkest minds and stealth in terms of like those movies that just kind of stagnate. Like they just do their thing and sit there, and you just kind of have to deal with it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I completely agree. It's like a, it's like it's like an Ender's Game. Ender's uh, Game, I thought about, but Ender's Game, I felt like I felt like Ender's Game felt more demeaning to me. Like it, it felt like it was talking down to me more so than this one does. I don't think this movie is smart enough to do any talking at all. <laughs> so like, I don't think it could talk down to me. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, no. I, absolutely. Um. It's definitely. I definitely say like it's near near the bottom, um, in in terms of our range from mid to god awful. It's probably just uh, you know pretty 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 dang bad. Um, um, I wouldn't say it's the worst movie we watched, but it, it's it's down there. It's definitely down there. Um, I, I I'd say it's it's worse than Aliens in the Attic. Mm, that is an interesting. I, I, w- take. I would rather rewatch Aliens in the Attic than rewatch Ten Thousand BC. Wow. Okay, that's a pretty strong yeah. opinion. Jeez. Honestly, honestly, I don't think I'd ever rewatch Aliens in the Attic, but I do. I I do understand where you're coming from. Like, I I feel like this is one of those movies that like in I think in like two weeks, if you ask me any events of this movie, I'm not gonna remember any of them. Like. <laughs> it will it's it'll be a struggle to remember events of this movie so i do understand that like there's a it's level super of, forgettable like, there's there's a level of like you know memorability that some awful movies have that i think makes them while it doesn't make them better it makes them more interesting like this is definitely not interesting yeah for sure so did, oh my god i, I want to ask you something real quick do you think now this is a wild a wild thought i want patrick mahomes to start acting 
You're right. And I wanted, I want to know, do you think Patrick Mahomes will, do you think he will like produce and star in a remake of this film? And if so, who will be his tick tick, like his mentor and friend? Um, I think I mean I, the Rock is an obvious choice here. True, but you got to remember he's like uh, a, he's like a leader character, and does the Rock really have leadership qualities? I, I feel like he does. I mean, if you think about you know the movies he's been in, right? You know, you got um, Central Intelligence. I feel like he was a pretty uh, like leader figure in that movie. Same thing with Skyscraper. He kind of kind of he led the charge. Um, he he has he has those leadership qualities in it. Um, hmm. but I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh, that's, that's good. Tough question. Put me on the spot here. Um, maybe Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty good. <laughs> I want, I, I want, a, uh, I want Shaquille O'Neal to play the like really mean, uh, bad guy goon that like worked for the, the dude who sniffed, uh, Evelette a lot. Like, remember that guy oh, yeah. who, like, he hit him, and he was like, why do you hit me when she was bad-wamping me? And then he's like, you'll regret that. You remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that guy should be played by Shaq, because I can imagine that scene where he's, like, he's, like, about to, like, hit Evelette, and then, like, uh, someone hits Shaq, and he, like, turns around with this, like, disgusted, like, big look on his face, like, oh! You know, like, you know, like, you know, that, you, know, you know that face when he, like, bit the hot wing, and you thought it was, like, it was hotter yeah. than he expected? He just turned around and be like, ooh! Like... <laughs> yeah but that, that would be pretty good um oh man um how, how do you think how do you think kevin durant would would, would fare i think kevin durant should stick to thunderstruck <laughs> I, I, yeah i feel like if if i i think i don't think kevin durant's meant for these kind of movies now i'm thinking we we replace Evelette with Jimmy Butler with his new like your long oh, straight hair yeah. look. I think he should play Evelette now. I think he I think he'd good. do it well. That'd be pretty good. Um, I think I think I think I think Kelsey has what it takes like that that leadership quality. Yeah, Kelsey could definitely be the friend. And we're doing sports right. stars. <laughs> what if we just What if we just add a modern remake of this movie? Like it's it's instead of it being ten thousand BC, it's set in modern times, but it's all sports stars. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> it's just sports stars, like you know, rising up against the like rising up against the system and stuff. And it's like you got like you know Patrick Mahomes in like caveman outfit and shit. Bro, like, that'd be funny. that'd be pretty funny. Um, because I I mentioned this to one of my roommates the other day. Like Patrick Mahomes is going to do a film soon. Like he's in so many commercials. Like he needs to do a movie. He wants to act. I know he does. Yeah. Um, I think he's just busy with like because he keeps winning Super Bowls and like you know going into the <laughs> he keeps going into the postseason and stuff and being busy. So like right. he doesn't even have time to film. Right. And a lot of films, a lot of movies don't like film in the summer. You know, like I feel like right. his ideal time doesn't align well with everybody else's schedule. So here's like here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he needs to like have like one season where he does like a little less than usual. So he like is knocked out of the pro playoffs really early, and then he signs on for like a big movie deal, and like it's his time, you know. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna play himself. I think it'll be like uh, I think it'll be like The Rock. You know, he'll do like a role where he plays probably some sort of sports coach. It'll be like his name will be like Duke Johnson or something, and like Duke <laughs> Johnson's gonna be leading up you know youth basketball team or something. I could see it. You know. Right. Yeah. I I think I think that would be pretty cool. Just seeing Patch Moms in a movie. Oh man, I I, I kind of wish that like athletes just did more movies and actors did less movies you know like, true i think more actors should go into professional basketball yeah professional I sports see, i want to i want to see uh i want to see jake gyllenhaal square up against tom holland in basketball true i want to i want to see you know how like there's that trend of youtubers becoming becoming boxers i want like oh yeah i want that but with actors like I want to see like I want to see like Ryan Reynolds punch the shit out of Judy Dench or something like I want to see things get vicious, you know. Right, that'd be that'd be pretty dope, pretty dope. Anyways, ten thousand BC. Thank you guys so much for listening. Really do appreciate you guys stopping by. Check us out on Instagram. What's that smell? Underscore you thinking again for any updates on episodes. I feel like I haven't posted in a year. You have not posted in a long time, but we haven't missed an episode in a long time, so it's okay. That is true. Um, we almost did this week, but we bounced back over a year. But yeah. Um. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. See you guys next week where we discuss a Halloween classic. Foreshadowing. Take care, you guys. Uh, I've been Connor, and this has been David. And thank you guys for listening to yet another episode of the podcast that we entitle, David. What's that, Val? You think again?